and people also with stories of their own lives in transition and how they made it through stuff and knowing that pain is or loss that that horrible time that you go through it eventually time helps and then you move forward and you rebuild and all that kind of stuff so that's the kind of stuff that really got me through Hi everyone, this is Katie Archibald Anders. Welcome to Learning Courage, where we learn together how to live bigger, more courageously, and hopefully, ultimately, more joyfully. Hi everyone, I'm so excited for my guest today, Vanessa Anton. Vanessa, through her improv work as a performer, teacher, and storyteller, promotes and really embodies vulnerability. In this conversation, Vanessa shares her experience of creating and performing in a solo show And she has a really creative entry point to telling her stories. This conversation really reminded me about the power of community and the power of sharing our stories, how that can be healing, not only for us, but also for others to help support us when we're dealing with challenging situations or need to make a difficult decision, and really to help us all feel less alone. So without further ado, let's get into our conversation. Here's Vanessa. Well, a time that I chose to be very vulnerable was when I worked and and, uh, got out a solo show that I'd been wanting to do for a long time. And I'd probably been thinking about it for like, it was probably like five years that I started thinking about it, was taking classes and just going through different phases of how would I approach this? Here's a workshop, take that workshop, write these things and just saving all these thoughts and ideas. And I just felt like I might never do it, but I finally did. And this is an improv show, correct? So, so it's improvised, but it was also at the time that I was thinking about doing this, there was a lot of, because uh, I'm in San Diego and there were a lot of other improvisers and performers doing solo shows in LA, especially. There seemed to be a lot of that going on. And so some people that I looked up to were doing stuff. So I was seeing their shows when they came to town or kind of learning about solo shows. And then I thought, what's a story that I could tell? And um, I wanted to sort of, tell my journey somehow up of relationships, my little journey of relationships through my life. Um, And there was also a time that I was married and that was like a big deal and it has shaped me and my process. And so I wanted to talk about that, not really necessarily joke about it, but kind of show how I made it to that point and then show how it felt after. Um, And so with writing, but also with improvised moments. Mm -hmm. And so 
I mean, so it, it happened, right? You ended up, you did do the yeah. show. So I, I guess, you know, you had said you'd had this idea for yeah. several years. So what, what happened where you were actually able to make it happen? It's the strangest thing because the show was called Unpaired and it was based in the, the, a friend of mine was decided to direct me, asked that she would direct me and worked on it with me, which kind of gave me a push. Also the theater that I performed it in locally was closing and moving to another space. And I loved that space. And so it kind of inspired me. I could get this show into the space if I just did it. And, um, so sort of when you're running out of time, sometimes that helps. (laughs) But, um, and so it called unpaired and the, uh, I was cleaning my shoes one day and as I was going, I have too many shoes. A lot of them I don't wear and I get really attached and don't get rid of things. And as I was going through like 15 minutes of just like dusting off, cause they're in this little like shelf thing, dusting them off and putting them back. I had like six different memories of dates or relationships with those shoes and I was like oh my gosh this whole shoe cabinet is holding all of these memories like right across from where I sleep like this is all right here and then I had an idea of using my stuff that I've hoarded or kept for so many years as a way to build stories of the different relationships and things like that a lot of it based on shoes but there was also other items that I used And that moment I was like, oh, this is a creative way to approach storytelling. It's my old stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love, I mean, I I, I remember at the time thinking that was just such like a clever, like a really cool entry point into being able to tell those stories. So when you kind of got that, you know, I know creative moment of inspiration, you know, with your shoes, (laughs) <laughs> did, were you, I mean, did you reach out to a, like someone, to, a director, kind of how did that process unfold? That's such a good question. I, I can't remember exactly if I had already, I mean, I had taken a series of classes and I had written a lot of stuff down and I, I, I know that there was stuff like this based on my stuff. I wanted it to be like, I was moving and packing boxes and going through things and these were telling the stories, but I think the shoes really hit home. And I had probably just told my friend, uh, who was my good friend at the time, and then she eventually, I think she really wanted to direct something, and she really believed in me and was like, let's do this. And since the theater, it closed, I did the show in October 2018, I think, or 2018, and it closed that December. So mm-hmm. I got it in right a couple months before <laughs> yeah. it closed. Yeah. Um, and so it was sort of like something that she wanted to do, I think, to just be like direct this piece and see how, and then I wanted to do it. So we sort of worked, uh, she helped me with a lot of the creative things that I was having mm-hmm. issues with. Like, how do we, now what do we do? Like, here's mm-hmm. this idea, but now what? And so she helped me with like, we had a video screen and we did, um, this is so silly, but it was really funny and people really enjoyed it. We had this thing where, the video screen showed interviews with my ex-boyfriends, but the ex-boyfriends were me. <laughs> I was playing them. And so it would be like, as I was telling these stories, then I'd play a character with like a ball cap or a sweatshirt and be like, well, Vanessa was a really great gal or whatever. And like sort of just play, uh, play with that. And it was very silly and fun. So through like, once you kind of got the, 
you know, you, you really started taking steps toward making it yeah. happen. Was it kind of full steam ahead, all good, or were there moments throughout the process where you were like, what am I doing? I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. Or yeah. um, maybe questioning, or maybe were moments of a lot of vulnerability, especially because not only are you doing a solo show, which can be scary in itself, but then you're also telling these very personal stories as well. So it yeah. seems like it might be kind of a double feeling of vulnerability. Oh yeah. It was terrifying. I, I also, one thing that I did during this process before I even, before the shoes told me that that was the way I was going, I started doing these events locally, uh, maybe like two and a half years before I did my show called, we ended up calling them vulnerable nights. And I wanted to have a way to share some of my stories with people and get reactions. So I'd read from diaries or read from, but I didn't want to be the only one like to make it all about me. So I collected friends and I said, Hey, do you have something you want to share uh, and get people together? And maybe people could come up and tell stories or sing a song or, um, and it turned into a whole collect event. So I learned that people actually kind of responded to the stuff I would talk about and, um, and it inspired them to kind of also share or share at another time. And then I saw other people doing brand new things for themselves, like singing a song, writing a song, singing it in public for the first time that now I have like albums out because they finally got out. So I, I started with that community, like workshopping ideas and thoughts and just and feeling that out. So I had a feeling that people would respond to these things, but I was still terrified. And I also just got really depressed because I was like going through like my life of, of relationships and stories, like all in one go. And it was just exhausting. Yeah. It was sort of, it it, it almost seems like you were in like an intensive therapy, supercharged (laughs) therapy process you know, to kind of go through your entire past relationships. Yeah. And I picked out, I didn't do all of them because that's tiring, but I picked out, you know, I had some from childhood, high school, college, and then, you know, just like little highlights from each. Um, And then it ended with the time that I got married and how as from my childhood, I was very driven by society and whatever to find a partner, even when I was in first grade and I was like trying to get married in the playground, which was in the show. And we were always getting married in the playground. And it just seemed like I was driven to that, which eventually is what drove me to think I should get married. And I did. And it was like, not the right thing for me. And, um, at that time, so all these little stories were like my efforts to get to that high in the sky, I thought was my end goal. Mm-hmm. So, and I even had a, an appearance of my dog who was no longer around at this time, but uh, perhaps I dressed up as my dog and came out and talked as him to the audience, just trying to explain how my intentions were good <laughs> during all this, that I was not a bad person. It was really cute. And uh, I also gave out food to the audience and snacks and any, I just, I wanted to thank them for being there, gave little water bottles. So I did a lot of interacting with people uh, and it was really fun. What did you, I mean, it, gosh, it seems like 
again, not only doing the show and, and kind of, you know, I think doing a solo show for, it just seems, that seems like a very, that takes a lot of courage to, to be willing to, you know, be up there and do something like that. But again, then you're also working through these stories and these relationships. I guess, what did you learn not only through the process of actually doing it, doing this thing that you had been wanting to do, but then also kind of looking back and, you know, even you, you shared some insight about as a young child, you know, you thought I always, you know, wanted to kind of follow society's norms of getting married. And, and, you know, even that, like, I I would imagine through this process, you maybe had insights like that. Oh yeah. Um, So many. And I, I think even when I left, when I ended that marriage, I thought, well, it's just not the right person. Like I should find the right person for me next. And then I had more (laughs) unsuccessful (laughs) relationships. So I'm like, what is going on with this girl? What point the finger at me? Like I get it. And so I've realized and a lot in these stories that I, I haven't had the courage to speak up for what's needed for me because maybe I feel like I'm not worth it. I don't know. And so I just let, I just do what other people want. Not so much anymore. I still have to fight it, but I would just do what other people want and think like, it'll work out because this is the best and I don't want to hurt anybody. But then I end up hurting people because I end up in a situation I want to be in. I think I heavily realized that I just wouldn't speak up for what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I would just go with things and end up being like, uh-oh, how do I deal with this? Um, which is probably why I stay alone a lot because, well, things haven't worked out for different reasons, but I think it's just like that agony. <laughs> it's so hard. It's like it's definitely something that I realized in the, you know, because you look at everything. Well, why did this end? Why did this end? Why did this end? Why did this end? And it's something about being true to yourself. I was maybe being true to other people more than my own self. Do you think you were being, like, that's why it ended or that's why you got into the relationships in the first place or or they maybe lasted longer than they would have? Or, Well, I think getting into relationships is so fun. <laughs> It, like it is stage, right that's like, true that's so yep. fun. but then like then like at some point it's like okay now what and I think in some ways I was attached to people that um that I couldn't hurt so if they were like because some someone said to me once you're falling for the or I, I maybe it was a meme I don't know you're falling for the people that are like you and I thought well, why am I but um Falling for someone that I couldn't hurt was easier than disappointing someone. So I would rather have just gotten hurt by someone that was maybe less interested. So that was like a pattern. But then I would get sad by feeling so neglected. Then I would eventually, then I think like naturally I would find someone that gave me a lot of attention and then that would be overwhelming. (laughs) So it seemed like this like rotating pattern of. um, Yeah, it's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. 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 It's like a vicious cycle. And then you see the patterns after all. And it's like, oh, geez, I'm just not leaving the house. Then you have a <laughs> pandemic and you just never leave the house. It's yeah. like, well, what do I have to now? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think that not, not disappointing people felt very important to me after I disappointed someone so much when I got married and then I left that marriage Mm -hmm. and that was just like 
the hardest thing to realize and to follow through with. And I think I still, I mean, I, it still like sits with me that that happens and that someone was hurt like that because I didn't think I wasn't strong enough to choose to realize what I wanted initially until later when I realized I needed to not be in that situation. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just so afraid of doing that again ever. So I'm like, that's so when someone's very distant, it's easier for me to like fall for them. Cause I'm like, Oh, thank God I can't hurt you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So do you think, you know, your experience with, with your marriage has made, yeah, made you a little more like risk adverse in relationships or maybe so the, when you were saying you're maybe attracted to people that maybe you can't hurt, do you think that's been stronger after the marriage or was that before? Um, that's such a good question. <laughs> Probably both, but I think I've been more aware of it after because mm -hmm. we, as we grow and we learn and we see more patterns of ourselves. It just was like, okay, I get that. And as I learned, but what I was going to say earlier is that people would say, or I would read, you fall for people like you, like deep inside. And I thought, well, I'm not unavailable. And then I'm like, well, I guess I kind of am. So, and maybe that's why picking unavailable people is easier because I don't have to be as available. It's like they don't need or want that much from me. So, um, and I don't, I can't hurt them. So it's this weird, I've realized all these different things. And I think it's, it too, it goes back to like, I moved away from my childhood family and to this 20 something years ago. And to this day, my dad is like, come back, come back. And he's like, so bummed at me. And I feel like I disappointed him. And so I think I just go through my life trying not to disappoint people. And when I do, it's like so upsetting for me. Mm-hmm. How did you, you know, going back to your marriage, I mean, that, that took an immense, I think, amount of courage to be willing to, you know, say, this isn't, this isn't the relationship I want to be in. This is, you know, and, and being willing to really disappoint someone and, and potentially hurt someone. Like, how were you able to, to do that? I mean, cause I think a lot of people don't do that and they maybe stay in relationships or they stay in marriages where they're, they're really unhappy and their partner perhaps is really unhappy, but they, you know, they're not willing to kind of do what they need to do to end the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so how were you able to overcome some of those fears? I think what I remember hearing a lot during that time, cause I was, I don't remember exactly, but early thirties, I just remember people that were a lot older than me or, or other people saying like, you have this life, like this whole life or you're, you're young, even though you don't always feel young or whatever, and you're doing this for your future and you're doing this for his future so that he has, and I just kept thinking about like, uh, someone said like in the spec of, t in the time, in the whole aspect of time on this planet, like this is like a blip. So I kept, or whatever, whatever scientific reasoning that this is just a speck of time in the whole thing you can do it, that kind of stuff. So I just kept thinking about 10 years from now or whatever, I could think about my future and I just kept trying to not think about the moment. Um, and that helped me and his future too. Mm -hmm. Cause I didn't, 
I, I, I thought it would be better for us both in the long run, even though it was hard at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought about the future and that's all I could, which apparently I, I don't, I guess I didn't like, how did I not think about that when I was going into like such a huge decision or maybe I did and I figured it'll work out. Everything will work out. But then it was like, uh Oh, no. Yeah. So that really helped. And people also with stories of their own lives and transition and how they made it through stuff and knowing that pain is, or loss, that, that horrible time that you go through, it eventually time helps and then you move forward and you rebuild and all that kind of stuff. So that's the kind of stuff that really got me through. Yeah. Like hearing from <clears throat> other people, how they were able to go through. Yeah. Really what can be a traumatic experience and then come yeah. out the other side. It's it, was still, yeah. it was still extremely difficult. Don't get me wrong, but that is what drove me through it. Seeing people who had, you know, survived. Those messages, and, yeah. And those messages and thrive, of like, perhaps, yeah. and our time on this planet and our time in this, like, this is one year, this is what you have, however many years, 10 more years, 10 years from now, you can be, you know, whatever, the things you can do and the things just moving forward mm-hmm. and, the story, and the stories from others, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it's I find I found when you know when you were talking about your show and then also talking about your experience with ending your your marriage it seems like something that was very powerful and important is community and you know other people's support other people's stories like the importance of that of that kind of support to help us through experiences. I, I do think it's, you know, just those, that advice, people telling you, you know, this is like a blip in time and, um, or people telling, sharing their stories <clears throat> of how they were, they went through a really, really challenging or difficult experience, but then came out the other side and perhaps came out the out of, other side stronger. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that that's so I mean that's kind of what this podcast is about a lot is is people sharing their own stories mm-hmm. because you know someone listening they might not be going through the exact same experience but I feel like a lot of arcs they they're shared it's like we can relate to those experiences even if the actual details of whatever it is is different you know we have shared emotions shared fear shared vulnerabilities and so i do think when you're in the thick of something being able to see someone or listen to someone who's gone through maybe something similar and has mm-hmm. come out the other side like in one you know maybe yeah. maybe different but still surviving and having yeah. learned a lot i think it really can help people and um yeah i just think that's really beautiful kind of how you've been supported by community and by people around you and storytelling. I mean, the important, that's again, why, you know, I'm sure your, your show helped someone in the audience, you know, deal with some stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the importance of storytelling also. Yeah. I had um, afterwards, cause it was very silly and fun through like most of it. I mean, I dressed as my dog. I was, <laughs> I, I interviewed, I was playing the exes. I, you know, it was a very silly, but when I got to the end and I talked about, you know, I replayed, just moments of the emotions of that ending of marriage ending. I mean, I didn't poke fun at that. It was like, that was like the time and it was like, Oh crap, this is, was really terrible. And I could see people like in the, it was like, they were laughing, laughing. And then it was like, Oh, like they related. And 
a couple of my, you know, a couple of people had tears in their eyes and stuff like that. Cause it was like the journey that we go through. And so a lot of people said all this stuff afterwards, um, of things they related to and ways that they connected and stuff like that. And when I used to do the vulnerable nights and people would share, I remember the, the themes of the night always were kind of grown, were kind of created together based on how people would share. Like one time someone shared about a sexual assault she went through and she never really talked about it. And then a bunch, and that's sort of, that sort of took the theme of the night. There was a lot of, it was kind of a, a more like quiet and serious night. Another time, all the shares were about music and, and fun memories. And it was just different. And people like would be inspired by each other, which was really lovely. And then they felt safer when someone else brought something up. And it was just beautiful how the community would kind of like come together from that. Yeah, the um, feeling safer when someone else shares their story or their vulnerabilities really does kind of open up the space, I think, to allow other people to be vulnerable. So that's, you know, that's vulnerabilities kind of doesn't come easy to me. And and I tend to be more private and and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And not only when other people are vulnerable, I'm able to feel like I can be more open, but I also am trying to be, to be vulnerable myself, you know, so I can kind of reciprocate some of that. So other people maybe feel more comfortable as well. Yeah. And I find too, like some people are like, aren't you the vulnerable? Cause then when I do a uh, teach improv and a lot of my workshops are, are more focused on vulnerabilities in terms of like where we're insecure and just sharing that in our class with, with everyone. So we can do better at improv once we've let out some of those fears and realize that we're all not alone. But sometimes if I'm having a hard time in a relationship, or something and people will be like, you're the vulnerable one. So people use it against me all the time when I'm struggling and it's like, I'm just a human. I don't always do very well. Um, but I do believe that sharing just a little bit, going a little deeper helps others. And then it just creates a better, better space. We, yeah. we are, we are better with each other when we get rid of some of those like, um, veils or the yeah, walls, the, the yeah. walls, the surface. Totally. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. And it seems yeah. like, I mean, I, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not involved in the improv community, but from what I've seen from you from afar, it just seems like a very, I don't know, place where that can happen or, you know, maybe it doesn't happen all the time, but that it's because to me doing improv in general feels like a very scary, vulnerable thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I know I would be extremely nervous. So it just feels like it's a place where that can really thrive kind of because you're you're already doing this thing that again to me seems very vulnerable and Mm -hmm. so you're already putting yourself kind of out there but it it seems like a really beautiful community yeah it is it's really lovely and it's better when there's that honesty and that sharing instead of when, when you don't have that and there's there can be egos which makes it really tough egos are basically like people's insecurity manifesting in a bad way like that's how I see it. It's like, why is that person acting like that? Well, they're probably scared of something. Now they're just acting out. And if you would just share and open up about that, realize we're all kind of scared of stuff, it could be so much better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to navigate, but um, it's really lovely when you can have a group that all is like being real together. And then the, the art form is much better 
because we come from that place instead of I want I'm gonna do some jokes or I want to yeah. be like this comedian like just be you and it's okay mm-hmm. yeah so I love that stuff mm-hmm. is is there anything you're kind of working on now or dealing with now that you know, is requiring a lot of courage or something that you are kind of, okay, you're requiring a lot of vulnerability or courage. I have, I have really stupid. I have like a really low level, but it's so, so I feel like in this last year with the pandemic, I'm always like obsessed with minimalism, but I have a lot of stuff (laughs) and, um, and I really want to be better about it. But there's also a part of me that like gathers things when I'm, I think, extra anxious and I collect. And this last year, I really collected a lot because I was home and I just was buying uh, things and puzzles and shoes and clothes. And I have so many puzzles. And, um, and now I'm just like so frustrated at myself and I want to part with things. And I don't know. I'm like trying to let go of stuff trying to let go of stuff and it's so hard <laughs> and it's like well this reminds me of this person or this reminds me of that person or this and I'm just like it's okay and I feel like I get in such a bad mood when I'm letting go of things but then I'm feeling better once it's gone but when it's sitting there staring at me it's just like a million memories it's like living in your memories and just trying to understand that um you can let go even like shoe boxes what is wrong with me um it's just really stupid stuff to a piece of art that someone gave me that's nice, but I don't use it and I don't know what to do with it. And so I feel so terrible. And so I'm like attached to so many things and it just, it it makes me really grumpy. I was going to ask when you were talking about your shoes, did you, do you still have all the, you know, the shoes that kind of inspired you to do your show? Uh, Some of them. I've been getting better about it. um, Cause I was like, well, I'll do this again, but I don't know if I'll do that again. I might do a different, something different. But I have gotten rid of those heels. Did I get rid of those heels? Um, I, there was a pair that I got rid of for sure. Maybe some others. I have like an old pair of Keds that I wrote on when I was in seventh grade that I used. And I'm going to keep those. Yeah. Because um, they had like I Love Steve on them. And that's what I <laughs> talked about. And peace signs and stuff. But um, I'm starting to get better about that stuff. Then I acquired more stuff. So I have to get rid of the pandemic stuff. I just feel behind all the time. (laughs) I totally, I totally relate to, (laughs) I totally relate to that. I mean, I think I too, in my head, want to be a minimalist and I'm not, Um, (laughs) but I do, you know, relatively speaking, I maybe have less stuff, but I always say I'm a pack rat. Like I'm a sentimental pack rat and anything that has any remote sentimentality is really hard for me to part with, but it is, it's, it's harder than you would think sometimes, you know, you think it's just stuff. What's the big deal. And I know there are, you know, it was only till recently that I was like, Oh, people throw away greeting cards. Like (laughs) people throw away birthday cards. Like, like my husband, you know, Jeff, I mean, he'll keep stuff. And I think he keeps stuff now a little more. Like he feels bad throwing some, like if I give him a birthday card, he'll save it probably just because, you know, to appease me or something. But, you know, otherwise he's like, well, yeah, you get it. Like you get the message and then you throw it away. Like, why do you have to keep it? And I'm like, no, you keep it forever. I have boxes and boxes and boxes (laughs) of greeting cards from like when I was five. 
you know and you open them up and those little bugs come out yes those paper bugs and they're Why? mold they're probably moldy and you know and it 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 is like i was like oh oh so maybe oh you don't people don't keep this stuff so yeah it's hard <sighs> i think that's a very common you know it's it's yeah it doesn't seem like it should be a hard thing to do but it is especially if anything has any kind of sentimental value yeah. You know? And even like a receipt from a dinner that I had with somebody that was like a, a bittersweet time or something. I'm like, look, I'll keep that receipt. <laughs> or, oh, I bought this when I was visiting my mom and we had such a nice day. Like that receipt. Mm -hmm. Not even the item that I bought, but the receipt. The receipt for like, the yeah, item. It has the date and the hour. It's very special. Maybe take a picture of it. I find like that's been no. my sort of, sometimes I think, can we all just take a picture if something's really meaning, you know, if something's really meaningful, I'm going to keep it forever. But if there's something that may be, okay, I could part with this. I'll take a yeah. picture of it, but it's hard. Yeah. And I don't, I, I be, don't have a solution. I would be awful with children. Like well, I would want to keep everything. I still have my dogs. I still have a lot of dog toys. I, my dog yeah. died in 2015, 2015. Yeah. 2015. I still have dog toys in a box Yeah, and some other items. And I'm like, why? And I'm all, I'll do the thing where I can get rid of these. And then I look at them and I'm like, nope. And they yep. go back. <laughs> yeah. There's also part of me. It's like, whatever. So you have a box of dog toy, you know, like those are really meaningful to you, you know, and why be so hard on ourselves? You know, but why when not? you have like so many different things like that, it's just exhausting. Yeah, no, it's hard. The you other day, the other day I was like, I am going to go through my, I was very inspired and I felt like I'm going to go through my closet and just, I have clothes that I've just had for you know, a long, long time that I really don't love, you know, if I'm going by the whole Marie Kondo, you know, what, what brings you yeah. joy. And I was like, I'm going to be really ruthless and go through my closet. And I literally looked at one dress and I was like, I don't wear that. I haven't worn It's collecting dust, but no, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to give it away. And I'm like, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> I know you have to be in the right mood. You have to it's be in the right mood. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's funny. It's And so with this yeah. last year and like all the stuff and emotions of the last year and I had a breakup in the last year and there's things of like 2020 pandemic and being at home, you know, reminds me of our time together. And I'm like, have this stuff and it's like all around. And so it's just like, does it help you to have other people there? Like I know with my mom, it's help when I'm help when I help her go through stuff, she gives away more stuff. Cause I'm able to yeah. be like, you don't need this. It's okay. And then like when, <clears throat> like I need to go through a big pile of Carmen's school stuff. And Aww. I know I want Jeff to help me with that yeah. because he's more willing to be like, you don't, we don't need this. Like we'll keep yeah. some stuff, but you don't need to keep like her math homework. So it's for me, it's, if something's really hard to go through, it's helpful for someone else to be there with me to almost like coach me through oh, yeah. it. Is that helpful or does that make it more stressful? Oh yeah. No, it's fun. And I've also posted some things on Facebook before. Like I have a Napoleon dynamite t-shirt. That's like something about dance moves. I don't even know what it says <laughs> anymore, but it's like so dumb. And I posted it on Facebook. I was like, should I keep this? You know, like funny things like that. And I think the vote was that I should. So I kept it. <laughs> there you go. And then you have no guilt about it. You don't have to have guilt because it's everyone else's fault. They told you to keep it. <laughs> and then there's one person out of like 30 or whatever comments that was like, when's the last time you wore it? I'm like, Shut up. <laughs> that's not the point. It's no, it's a stupid dance moves to pulling dynamite. I, I, I support keeping that shirt. I support it. And I had a pug with a heart, like a little heart, like an old movie kid shirt from when I first got Charlie, my old pug. And it had a little pug with like a heart and an arrow through its butt and a 
I haven't worn it in like probably 10 or plus years, but I was like, should I keep this? I posted on Valentine's Day and everyone's like, yep. One person was like, when did you wear it? The same like, person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I feel like being at home a lot and I'm still trying to get out into the world a little bit more. I've gotten out a little bit, but being at home a lot, you're like surrounded with these, like, you're just like confronted with yourself every day, like in your choices. It's just a lot, a lot. Yeah. But no, I know it's hard. One thing that helps too, is like, I look, think back of things I've given away that I don't miss, yeah. you know, that maybe at the time where I, I had a hard time giving it away, but I don't miss them now. So, you know, yeah. I sometimes think about that, like, it's going to be fine. You know, yeah. if I give this stuff away, most likely, because if it's really important to me, I won't give it away. So, yeah. you know, most likely once, once you kind of go through that, the process of, okay, you know, Usually it's like, oh, it's fine. So that's been helpful too. It's like leaving the house. It's like all the anxiety of just leaving the house. Then once you leave the house, it's like, okay. Well, sometimes, unless <laughs> unless you're like, I really want to go back home. But yeah. like just leaving sometimes. And then once you're out, it's yeah. it's like, okay, I did it. It's like that thing sitting by the door. Just getting it out the door to get rid of it is like the most struggle. And yeah. then once it's out, it's like, oh, it's gone. Woo, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so totally. Totally. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's like with anything. I mean, it's sort of, it kind of comes back to, you know, it could be doing a show. It could be, yeah. you know, I don't know, starting a new job or, or moving across the yeah. country, or it could be just taking your, throwing stuff away or taking your stuff yeah. to, you know, donating your stuff to goodwill. Like it all. That build up. It's almost that like the, the fear up. of it is sometimes mm-hmm. harder than just when, once you actually do it. The build up. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we just keep doing stuff like this where you talk about it and get it out because it's never like we're never done mm-hmm. learning about ourselves. Like it's just constant. So you have to keep being aware mm-hmm. of yourself and others. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think this conversation reminded me of how important it is to, you know, how important community and like support from other people. Mm-hmm. how important that can be when you are going through something or when you're trying to give, figure out if you should give away Napoleon dynamite <laughs> t-shirt, you know, but just, you know, any, everything from that to, to, to potentially ending a relationship or ending a marriage, mm-hmm. you know, like it's yeah. just kind of that, that support yeah. is so important. And even if it's just a few people or a group of people, whatever, wherever, whatever it is to whoever you are, you know? And yeah. And, the importance of someone who deserves to have that trust, you know, um, Mm -hmm. being vulnerable with people that are gonna honor that and, and where you can feel safe and, you know, who people have kind of earned that trust. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's even like, this is going to sound so cliche, but I know there's even like wonderful accounts I follow on Instagram and it's like, it's like counselors and there's just people, maybe they're activists or whatever that are constantly talking about different stuff with like the self and like how we approach the world. And there's so many things that I relate to. And then I see other people commenting about how they relate about just how we encounter the world every day. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, all these people are in the same, like just our feelings about going to work. And I see these posts and I'm like, look at all these hundreds of people like I'm not alone we're all in this rat race trying to just get through together
Thank you so much to Vanessa for your honesty and openness and for being so willing to share your story with all of us. As always, would love to hear from you what you've learned from this conversation and how you may incorporate those lessons into your own life. And until next time, thank you so much for joining me in Learning Courage.